Joy is deeper than desire. The whole reason for any spiritual practice is to release joy, to discover our full capacity for joy. In discovering the, the real nature of joy or the real nature of happiness, the mistake every human being has ever lived has fallen into is to think that happiness consists in the satisfaction of our desires. There's nothing wrong in getting what we want, provided it doesn't do harm to anybody else or do harm to ourselves. It's not that pleasure is bad or getting what you want or fun is bad or anything. It's just that the nature of joy is not fully experienced in getting what you want. I mean, for example, I have a friend who works with the dying for 30 years. He's worked with dying patients, terminally ill patients. And he says that his clinical experience and his research has led him to realize that most people, if their physical pain is taken care of, their psychological needs are met, and if they have some kind of sense of meaning in life, will say, as they face death, knowing that they've got so many weeks or months to live, will say, I have never had such a good quality of life. And I think that shows exactly what I'm saying, that actually you can be joyful even in a time of suffering, when you're not getting what you want or you're actually getting something negative. So joy is deeper than desire. That's a basic religious wisdom. I mean, it's a wisdom that you find in all the great spiritual traditions. So meditation doesn't destroy desire, because life without desire would be difficult to live. But it does transform desire. And I think what it does is it puts you into touch with what you really want. Because most of our confusion arises from the fact that we don't know what we really want. And what meditation does, in quite a radical way of sorting and simplifying ourselves, is put you back into touch with, with your basic need, which is your basic desire. And then joy springs up. From a, a Buddhist point of view, the Buddhists say that the nature of all things is emptiness. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's very negative. You're just saying life is nothing. There's nothing. That's a complete misinterpretation. As the Dalai Lama says, emptiness is not nothingness. What is emptiness? Emptiness is the insight, and insight is an experienced truth. It's not just an idea, like God is good or God is love. But this is an experience. This is the spiritual experience. It is the insight experience that life is impermanent and it is interdependent. In other words, I do not exist alone. Physically, psychologically, emotionally, in every possible way, my being is interwoven with the great web of being. Other people, the natural cycle of life, everything. So that's one insight. It's impermanent. Well, we know it's impermanent. We look in the mirror, we can see life is impermanent. The changing, our moods change, our bodies change, our thoughts change, the world changes around us. Now, you would think that facing that nature of reality, emptiness, would be quite horrifying. And that's probably why we don't want to face it, because we think this is terrifying, this is a nightmare. Nothing lasts, and nothing really can be even said to exist by itself. And yet, as the Buddhists would say, when you have that insight into emptiness, the sign that you have really had it is joy. And I think that's a universal spiritual wisdom. There's a Christian language for that, which is poverty of spirit, which is the first of the Beatitudes. 
Jesus said, happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. But that's emptiness. What poverty of spirit doesn't mean, you know, being miserable, having nothing, being negative. It means having that insight into the true nature of reality.